This is Ananin Kaike, and welcome to Voice of the Water Lily, an exploration of our ancestral music over the last 100 years intertwined with a historical and personal perspective. We will be exploring Latin music, more specifically salsa, Latin jazz, Cuban music, and Puerto Rican music. We are going to go deep into the history, learn about the seminal artists, as well as the artists that never received recognition, and we're going to add a personal touch through memories and anecdotes. Espero que disfruten mucho, con mucho, mucho cariño. ¿Cómo está mi gente? It's Anin Kaike here, and you are tuned in to Voice of the Water Lily. Thank you so much for joining me on this second part of my three-part series on women in Latin music this Women's History Month. I am so excited to be presenting this show to you all. Last week, we talked about Puerto Rican women artists, uh, singers, musicians, arrangers, composers, and just immensely talented Puerto Rican female artists. But this week, we're going to be talking about the Cuban artists. And I'm just so, so excited. There are so many artists to talk about this week, so we're going to get right into it. Let's start off here with Maria Teresa Vera. Maria Teresa Vera was born on February 6, 1895 in Juanahuay, Cuba. And the main industry in Juanahuay, Cuba at the time was sugarcane. Her mother, Rita Vera, was actually descended from enslaved Yoruba people. Her, uh, her parents had been enslaved. And she was actually a cook for a very, very wealthy family. Her father, on the other hand, was a Spanish soldier who had actually fled the year that uh, Maria was born in 1895 because that's when the first war of independence happened in Cuba. Now, when the family that Rita, um, that Maria Teresa Vera's mother Rita worked for, moved to Havana, both uh, Maria and her mother had to relocate as well. And this is when she was, the family actually had her enrolled in a Catholic school. However, she was thrown out of this school very quickly because she refused to do the prayers and she would sing songs in Yoruba. And they were, they, they said, well, you know, that she wouldn't listen, that she was just singing in a language that they couldn't understand. And that's why they um, threw her out of this Catholic school because she was singing these Yoruba songs. Now, when she was still in her teens, Jose Diaz, who was a family friend, taught her a little bit uh, about playing guitar and he would let her borrow his guitar and at the time there was a lot of very poor musicians in Havana and playing guitar was very looked down on it was seen as a street instrument remember high society liked operas and zarzuelas more classical music so uh, playing guitar was not was was very looked down upon Manuel Corona was also a musician at the time he really discovered her talent and taught her more about playing guitar and then in 1916 and she formed a duo with Manuel Zequiera and she kept she continued to work with him until his death in 1924 and they did about 200 recordings together in 1925 the next year she formed her own band Sexteto Occidente and part of that band was Ignacio Piñero, also Julio Torres Viagd, Manuel Reynoso, Francisco Sanchez, and Miguel Garcia. In 1935, 10 years later, she formed a duo with Lorenzo Erezuelo, who of course was is actually the brother of one of the artists that I'm going to be talking about later, uh, Caridad Erezuelo. And that's an amazing musical family, but more about that later. She worked with Lorenzo Erezuelo for 27 years. 
She also had a quartet where she worked with uh, Dominica Verges, Justa Garcia, and Lorenzo Erezuelo as well. And she wrote that very famous song that many of us will know, Vente Años. She was a composer. She wrote a lot of her own songs. She retired in 1962 before she joined the ancestors on December 17, 1965. So let's hear her performing here with Rafael Siquiera, Pensamento. Enjoy. Maria Teresa Vera 
performing there with Rafael Ziquiera on a tune called Pensamiento. Wonderful song. Now let's talk about really another icon here, Rita Montaner. Rita Montaner was born on August 20th, 1900 in Guanabacoa, Cuba. And she was really one of the most popular Cuban artists uh, in the, from the 1920s to the 1950s. She was born into a middle-class family and she learned to speak actually English, Italian, and French. So she spoke four languages. She also studied music and she was trained classically as a soprano singer to sing zarzuelas, which were very, very popular among the more upper class people at that time. However, what she would later become famous for was Afro-Cuban music. She, at, at her final exams in the music conservatory, she played Mendelssohn. So she really played a lot of classical music. She played piano and graduated from this conservatory in um, song, harmony, and piano, and she also uh, won an award from the school in 1917. From 1918 to 1920, she was actually married to the famous band leader Javier Cuga. Um, however, the marriage only lasted uh, two years. She started working with Ernesto Lucona, who of course was an immensely uh, popular and influential uh, pianist at the time in Cuba. And all of this work that she was doing and working with band leaders like Ernesto Lucona was seen as uh, respectable for her class, basically. However, things started to change when she performed at a theater that wasn't seen as so respectable. And then she also started to travel and she became a recording star. The other thing that made her controversial was because she would dance while she sang because back then it was kind of seen as... Um, indecent for women to dance as they sang and to move and Rita went against all of that and this is how she became to associate herself with more Afro-Cuban music. She famously recorded the first version of El Manicero in 1929 and this is also when she started to appear in more movies. Remember around this time now there's sound, there's no longer silent movies, there's sound available in the movies. So this is how she started to get a lot of roles especially in, uh, in Mexico. In 1942, she actually had a program on the radio. And then on this program on the radio, she actually had a character which she called La Chismosa. However, the government was not happy because she was making a lot of uh, political commentary. Remember, this is under the t dictatorship of Batista at the time. And they actually wound up closing the whole radio station down because of this program. In 1946, however, she started another show that was called Mejor Me Calle. That was actually a line. From one of her songs where she said, Mejor me calle, que no diga más, que tú sabes lo que yo sé. Which means I better be quiet because, and not say anything more because you know what, what I know. And it was, again, more commentary about the government. And actually, when Batista's government tried to bribe her to not talk any, make any more commentary, she actually talked about it on the radio. I mean, just such a bold move from her. And it just shows the kind of courage that she had to just, you know, they try to bribe her and she goes right to the radio uh, to, to talk about it. However, after all of this, she was actually thrown off the radio and then she went more to move toward more theater work as well. And she did remain active until her death in 1958 at just 57 years old. Um, she died of cancer. So we're going to hear a, um, a song from her here called Rumba Guajira. Enjoy. Soy Guajira pura occidental y vine aquí a la capital 
para aprender el son, la rumba y el tampón. Quiero aprender a bailar, más que todo mortifique, de los pies que no la capulla y el arique. So there was Rita Montaner with Rumba Guajira. Now let's talk about Juana Corralia Lopez. She was actually Israel Lopez Cachao's sister, the renowned multi-instrumentalist, bassist, band leader, composer, Israel Lopez Cachao. This was his sister, born on May 6, 1910. Uh, she was a pianist and double bassist. And perhaps her most famous composition is Isora Club, which was made famous by her brother, which he performed it many times. And she actually started her own band in 1940. She won, in 1941, she won a danzon contest on Radio Mil Diez, and she was the first woman to direct a danzon orchestra in Cuba. She was just another trailblazer and a phenomenal musician who was just too often undercredited and, or not credited at all. Many of us will recognize this song, at least if you're a fan of Israel Lopez Cachao, you will know this song, Isola Club. And I think it's important to talk about that it was his sister who wrote this song. So here we're going to hear Cachao performing his sister's song. Enjoy.
show there was Israel Lopez Cachao performing his sister's famous danzón Isora Club. Now let's talk about La, La Emperatriz de Danzonete. The, the, what they used to, they called her the Empress of Danzonete. Danzonete was a style in, at the time, that was kind of an interest. it was an interesting mix and it was not very popular for a very long time. But it was, it had a bit, you'll hear in the next song, it was like a danza, I mean a danzón, but a bit more rhythmically strong. So it was kind of like 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 un danzón with a bit of the influence of mambo at the time, which is much more rhythmic than the danzón. So let's talk about Paulina um, Alvarez, who was born on June 29th, 1912 in Cienfuegos, Cuba. She got her start singing at parties and at school uh, talent shows. And then in 1926, her family moved to Havana. And this is when she began competing in uh in, in radio stations. After joining Orquesta Elegante, directed by Edelmiro Perez, her popularity began to increase dramatically. However, dis despite her popularity and how talented she was, she had to fight against racism and sexism because she was an Afro-Cuban woman, but also because of so much misogyny and sexism in the uh, music in the music business. And this is what led her to form her own band in 1938. And this band included the likes of artists such as Jose Antonio Fajardo and Ruben Gonzalez. These are two incredible figures in Cuban music. Um, so Jose Antonio Fajardo being the amazing flautist and of course Ruben Gonzalez being the piano virtuoso. So they started out in her band. Unfortunately, as Son Montuno came into popularity and Danzonete kind of fell out of popularity, uh, her popularity really declined at this time. But she actually went on to study music and improve her vocal technique. And this is, she's, sporadically performed at this time she joined the ancestors on july 22nd 1965 in havana cuba so let's listen to her on this song you're not going to hear her singing uh but you are going to hear her orchestra and i chose this song specifically because we're not just talking about female singers we're talking about instrumentalists we're talking about band leaders and it just goes so much further than just singers. Paulina was a band leader. So we're going to hear an instrumental tune. Here's one called Maiz Palos Boyos. Now you might recognize this because uh, Johnny Pacheco had actually done his own version of this in the, in the 60s. However, here's the original. <laughs>
los pollos, maíz para los pollos. So there was Paulina Alvarez's orchestra there with Maíz para los Pollos, a wonderful danzonete there. Now let's talk about Esther Borja, who was born on December 5th, 1913. She was actually an, another Cuban soprano. She was a mezzo-soprano. She studied uh, music theory and graduated as a teacher in 1934. However, she also started to work with Ernesto Lucona. She performed at the National Theater in Cuba. And at the time where she's starting her career, uh, Rita Montaner was the dominant soprano that everyone was was talking about and, and who was who was really wanted for different performances. However, as she moved more to Afro-Cuban music, Esther started to be called for those jobs. And that's how she became more uh, popular at that time. She toured South America in 1936, and in 1943, she returned to Cuba, and she also had a show, a TV show in Cuba for 20 years. She actually died at the age of 100 years old in Havana. So we're going to hear her listen, singing Miguel Matamoros' famous composition, Lágrimas Negras. Enjoy. <laughs>
there was Esther Borja with Lagrimas Negras. Now let's talk about yet another Cuban soprano, my favorite uh, Cuban soprano, actually. Here is Xiomara Alfaro. Xiomara Alfaro was born on May 11th, 1930, and her first big hit with uh, was with Ernesto Lucona. Again, like I said, he was highly influential. Was a song called El Siboné. And she became incredibly popular in the 50s in Cuba for singing boleros as a soprano, in her, in her soprano voice. And like many others, she actually won a contest at Radio Suaritos. She was also very, very immensely popular in Europe, and she spent a long time in Paris. Her sister, Olympia Alfaro, was actually a Santeria priestess and also a singer, but she was known really mostly for singing uh, the music of Santeria. She didn't really record any songs, uh, uh, popular music or anything like that. But she was also a singer. Uh, Xiomara was actually known by two different monikers. She was known as El Risenor de la Cancion, which is the nightingale of music, or La Alondra de la Cancion, the lark of music. So we're going to hear her absolutely divine voice on this song, Angelitos Negros. Enjoy.
We there was Xiomara Alfaro with a beautiful song, Angelitos Negros. Now I do want to talk about two sisters, Maria Luisa Chorrens and Olga Chorrens, because both of them were amazing Cuban boleristas. However, really sadly, I was not able to find much information or background about them at all. But again, it's so vital to include these artists that we really can't find much information about or who weren't uh, very well known because they they really should be remembered as well. They they and they were just you know just as talented, but unfortunately, uh, we really can't find much information. But we're gonna start out here with Maria Luisa Choren singing a bolero titled "Eso." Enjoy. <laughs> Eso, vida mía, no lo olvidaré Eso, mi canción nocturna nunca lo canto Porque duele mucho soportar la pena de perder tu amor Si ya no me quieres, al menos no mientas manches tu vida es mejor que dejes cicatrices buenas sobre mis heridas y pensar que tuve tan cerca otros labios y los desprecié pero no me quejo porque fue maravilloso lo que te robé Pero no me quejo, fue maravilloso lo que te robé. Y pensar que tuve otros labios y los desprecié pero no me quejo fue maravilloso lo que te robé pero no me quejo fue maravilloso lo que te robé So there was Maria Luisa Chorrens with Eso after now we're going to hear Olga Chorens, her younger sister, with a beautiful bolero called Te Adoraré. And from what I gather, Olga Chorens was a little bit more popular um, it, it, than her sister. However, both, I mean, we can hear, as we will hear, are immensely talented. So let's listen to Olga Chorens now. triste que no tengo llanto 
este momento de poderte hablar Pero hoy que me has dicho en verdad que tú me quieres Viviré una vida mejor para adorarte Olga Chorens with the bolero Te Adorare. Now let's talk about Graciela, Graciela Perez, uh, who was born on this, uh, August 23rd, 1915 in Jesus Maria, Havana, Cuba. And of course, we all know she was uh, Machito's adopted sister. She sang with Machito and his Afro-Cubans uh, from 1943 to 1975. However, when back in Cuba, she was actually part of Orquesta Anacaona for 10 years. Orquesta Anacaona is another amazing part of um, uh, that I feel really is really important to mention them here. They were an all female group in Cuba. They were an amazing orchestra. It was a bunch of sisters and then other people uh, that that had joined the band, such as Graciela, who was with the band for more than uh, ten years. However, she joined Machito and his Afro Cubans in 1943 because she came from Cuba in 1943 because Machito had just been drafted into World War II. And so she had to take over singing in the band. So she, and she stood with the band until 1975. She also had her own band. And she actually headlined at the Catskills for uh, about 20 years. She died in, in on April 7th, 2010 at the age of 94 years old. A real legend in... Um, in Cuban music. So let's listen to her, her here on an album with Mario Bauza. He recorded an album called My Time Is Now and she was one of the invited artists. So let's listen to her sing the bolero El Fin.
There was Graciela with Mario Bauza performing the bolero El Fin. Now let's talk about someone who was incredibly well known uh, uh, in in the world of boleros as a bolero singer, Olga Guillot. Olga Guillot was born on October 9th, 1922, in Santiago de Cuba, and her uh, she her family moved to Havana when she was five years old. And her parents were actually Catalan Jewish immigrants to Cuba. Her father was a tailor and her mother was a seamstress. And Olga and her sister, Ana Luisa, had a group, a, a little duo that they created when they were young called Duo Hermanitas Guillot. Facundo Rivero heard her sing and he helped her do her first professional debut. Soon after, she met Miguelito Valdez, who took her to New York City. And this is where she started to gain recognition with her rendition in Spanish of a, of a song called Stormy Weather. Then she went to Mexico and she was in a lot of movies. At that time, she did her second album and became more famous than ever. Uh, she had a huge success with a bolero called Mienteme in South America, and she won an award uh, for the best female artist in Cuba. She also toured uh, Europe, Italy, uh, specifically Italy, France, um, Germany, and Spain. And she actually sang in Paris with Edith Piaf on this uh, tour that she did in in uh, in 
in France. And then she actually wound up leaving uh, Cuba in 1962 and she never returned. She settled in Venezuela at first, then in Mexico, where she would actually live permanently. She toured around the world and she actually released over the next 40 years, she released 50 albums before she passed on July 12, 2010 at the age of 87. So let's listen her listen to her singing the Mita Silva composition, actually. Tengo que acostumbrarme. It's a very famous song. And if you listen to last week's show, you'll hear more about Mita Silva because she's another Boricua legend who composed many of these songs that Cuban artists like Olga Guillot became famous for singing. So let's listen to this. Tengo que acostumbrarme. Tengo que acostumbrarme a vivir sin ti Tengo que decidirme a olvidarme de ti Debo aprender a soportar tu ausencia que castigar tu indiferencia Dios y el tiempo dirán lo que será de ti Dios y el tiempo dirán lo que será de mí puede ser que mañana quieras volver a mí pero por ahora tengo que acostumbrarme a vivir sin ti singing tengo que acostumbrarme what a, a wonderful voice she had there when she sang uh when she sang boleros that's what she's of course famous for and uh just a great song great interpretation of uh mita silva's composition now let's talk about elena burke born on february 28th 1928 career started on the radio and then she would later sing with pere prado in 1948 she would join a dance group called las mulatas del fuego and actually 
Celia Cruz was worked with that group Las Mulatas del Fuego for a while. I actually read in her book where she talks about Elena Burke and actually talks about her, says she was a dear friend of, of hers. And so she worked with her during that time. Also, Elena's daughter, um, Malena, and her granddaughter, Elena, are both singers. Elena joined the ancestors on June 4th, 2002. So let's listen to her singing the classic bolero, La Gloria Eres Tu. <laughs> just been listening to a lot of boleros right we just heard 
La Gloria de Estu from Elena Burke. Now let's move in another direction completely because we're going to hear from Mercedita Valdez. Born on September 24th, 1922 in Cayo Hueso, Centro Havana, Cuba. Her father, Angel Valdez, was a musician with Ignacio Piñero's band. However, her father did not want her to be a musician while her mother actually supported her being a singer. She was actually, she actually became a nun in Hermanas Oblatas uh, de la Providencia. However, this is when she started to become involved with the Afro-Cubanissimo movement. And after that, she met Fernando Ortiz and he actually hired her to, to perform and sing at different lectures that he gave. And she was given the name La Pequeña Che de Cuba. Um, and this is when she became one of the first female Santeria singers to be recorded in 1949. She's one of the first to be recorded alongside uh, Celia Cruz. She also did a tour with Ernesto Lucona. And later she worked with Mongo Santa Maria in an album that he did when he did an album called in 1960 called Mongo in Havana. And she also worked with the rumba group Los Papines. And she's definitely one of the best known san female Santeria singers in Cuba. And we can hear why. We're going to listen to her sing a an ode to the Orisha Elegua. <laughs>
So there was Mercedita Valdez singing her ode to the Orisha Elegua. Now let's talk about Candida Batista, who was born on October 3rd, 1916 in Camagüey, Cuba. She moved to Havana in 1937 and later to Mexico in 1941, where she made quite a successful career for herself. She also, in 1959, toured Europe and actually lived there for 11 years before she returned to Cuba. She sang professionally until she was 94 years old. And at the end of her career, she formed an orchestra. She joined the ancestors on April 1st, 2016 at the age of 99 years old in Cuba. So we're going to hear her sing another ode to an Orisha. Here she's singing to Babaluaye. It's called Resto a Babaluaye. So enjoy. Candida Batista singing her homage to the Orisha Babaluaye with Rezo Ababaluaye. And now let's talk about Selena Gonzalez. Selena Gonzalez is, of course, the famous writer of the song Que Viva Chango that's been covered by so many different artists. She was born on March 16, 1929, in Jovellanos, Matanzas, Cuba. 
and she was known for singing musica campesina, which is like Cuban country music, and also son and guaracha. But she combined all this, and especially musica campesina, with odes to the orishas. So she would mix the styles in a very, very interesting way. I actually did a show about her last spring, and you can go check that out. You can I've done a, actually shows on quite a few of these artists um, uh, just individually, so to go more into their career. But you can go find the one about Selena Gonzalez uh, it, that I actually released last March, uh, where I talk a bit more about her career. But she was the co-author of that song, Que Chango, with her husband, uh, Rutilio Dominguez. And... That song was actually quite a big hit, especially after the likes of Celia Cruz recorded it and, and it became quite famous. Celia Gonzalez uh, continues to perform throughout her life. Uh, her husband, Rotilio, died in 1971, and many of her recordings were actually listed. If you look at how they're listed, it's listed under Celina, Celina y Rutilio. They were an artistic duo, really, but after his passing, she performed with their son, Lazaro. She she uh, supported the Cuban Revolution, and that's why she made the decision to stay in Cuba, and she continued to perform there very actively and do tours as, as well before she passed on February 4th, 2015, at the age of 85. So let's listen to her here performing a song called San Lazaro. This is another song to Babalu Ayer, just under the, uh, just to say very quickly here um they, they basically in in santeria the orishas uh were uh, synchronized with catholic saints so so uh Babaluaye would would be disguised really under the term uh san lazaro and it was a way that they could continue to continue to practice their traditions so just to to explain that but let's listen to selena y rutilio with san lazaro Eh, 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 qua, Babalu, ayé, eh, qua. 
So there was Selena y Rutilio with San Lazaro. Now, of course, we have to talk about someone who needs no introduction whatsoever. We're going to hear from Celia Cruz. And I mean, just such a legend, the queen of salsa, la guarachera de Cuba, who recorded over 77 albums in her life. She was just unforgettable. She's left such an important mark on our music. So we're going to hear Celia here with... A, another ode to the Orishas because remember she sang many many uh, odes to the Orishas as well we're gonna hear her back when she was back this is a recording from back in the 50s of her uh, and she's gonna be singing uh, an ode to the Orisha Chango enjoy Of course, the unforgettable, irrepeatable Celia Cruz singing a wonderful song titled Chango. Now let's we're gonna talk about another artist here that again another person that there isn't there really just isn't a lot of information about so i really wasn't i'm not able to tell you much about her life but 
very, very important to include. I know that she sang with La Sonora Matancera for a little while after Celia was part of the group. She sang with them for a little while, and her style was quite similar to Celia, and she just had such a great, great voice. So here's Linda Leida with Hija de Agañu. Enjoy. <laughs> Señores, vengo a decirle de nuevo, les canto yo. Señores, vengo a decirle de nuevo, les canto yo. Aquellos que me tiraron algunos años atrás, aquellos que me tiraron algunos años atrás, hoy vengo con un Hoy vengo con una espada, hija de algo. 
So there was Linda Leida with Hija de Aganyu. Now we're going to talk about Caridad Erezuelo. I mentioned her earlier because I was mentioning her brother, Lorenzo Erezuelo, who performed with uh, uh, Maria Teresa Vera. But now we're going to talk about Caridad. She was born on August 10th, 1924. She was actually, as I said, Lorenzo Erezuelo and Ray Canet's uh, sister. She had two brothers who were musicians, both trova musicians. Uh, her brother, Lorenzo Erezuelo, was part of the duo Los Compadres. He was one of the compadres. Uh, and so he was part of that band. She comes from an amazing, amazing musical family. And actually, Caridad toured with Los Bambam um, and just did so much incredible work. She passed on February 6, 2009. So we're going to listen to her singing a Benny Mores song. I do love how she sings Mata Siguaraya, but, to, but now we're going to listen to her sing uh, Benny's Maracaibo Oriental. Enjoy.
There was Caridad Erezuelo singing Benny Moore's Maracaibo Oriental. She does such a great job, such a great rhythmic singer, such exciting music. Very, very talented. Now let's talk about Celeste Mendoza. We're going to hear a song from her next called Mi Rumba Echando Candela. So let's talk about uh, Celeste Mendoza, born on April 6, 1930 in Santiago de Cuba. She started her career as a dancer and singer in cabarets. And then in the late 50s she signed with a record company and that's what she did her first recording she also worked with Bebo Valdez she recorded with him as well as Ernesto Duarte Brito she did her version of Bemba Colora actually the song that we know Celia Cruz for Celeste actually recorded it before she did and then she toured internationally uh she performed in Paris she was very popular there that was in 1965 she also worked with Orquesta Aragón however in the late 60s her career declined but as the song revival began to take hold in Cuba in the 80s there was a she her career um, was doing much better at this point and she started to work with uh, groups such as Sierra Maestra and the rumba group Los Papines. She's actually performing with Los Papines in the song that we are about to hear. She's known as La Reina del Huahuanco and uh, we're going to hear her sing this Mi Rumba Echando Candela. And she just has such a powerful voice. That's the thing about Celeste. Such a powerful rhythmic voice. And I mean, she's just incredible. Enjoy.
So there was Celeste Mendoza, mi rumba echando candela, an amazing song. You really you just hear the powerful voice and the way she just, I, I mean, takes takes control over the rhythm is just amazing. Now let's talk about Teresa Garcia Catula, born on October 13th, 1937. She's actually the daughter of a very important danzón composer of the 20s and 30s, Alejandro Garcia Catula. And uh, she debuted with, as I mentioned earlier, Orquesta Anacaona. I mentioned that Graciela was part of the group. Well, uh, Teresa Garcia Catula was also part of that group. And then in 1963, she joined and directed Cuarteto de Eida. And then she led the, the group Cuarteto de Eida when Eida Diestro passed in 1973. She toured South America, Europe, Paris, parts of Africa, especially Angola. And actually, she still performs sporadically in Cuba. So we're going to hear her singing Mata Siguaraya. And let me tell you, there's not many versions of this song that are better than Ben, that are as good as or maybe better than Benny Moraes. But I think uh, Teresa Garcia Catula comes pretty close with her version of Mata Siguaraya here. I think it's absolutely incredible because it has that swing. It has that rhythm. Tell me what you think. But I think that it comes pretty close to Benny Moraes' version of Mata Siguaraya. Enjoy.
There was Teresa Garcia Catulla singing Mata Siguaraya. She did such an amazing job. If you ask me, she does an amazing job with Mata Siguaraya. Now let's talk about another really living legend in Cuban music, Omara Portuondo, who was born on October 29, 1930 in Cayo Hueso, Havana. Her father was actually a professional Afro-Cuban baseball player, who uh, Bartolo Portuondo. Portuondo, and her mother, Esperanza Palaez, was actually from a wealthy Spanish family. So their relationship and their marriage actually caused quite a great uh, scandal. And um, her mother's family was very, very much against uh, their marriage. Just like Teresa Garcia Catulla, Omar Portuondo was part of Grupo Anacaona as well as Las Mulatas del Fuego and in 1967 was when she started to focus on her solo career and uh, in the 70s she also sang with Orquestra Aragón, she worked with Los Bamban and of course in 1996 she joined uh, Buena Vista Social Club and, and uh, she's actually still the only original singer that's still in the band and she actually recorded her latest album in 2018, but we're going to hear her singing the another uh, this is another version of Lágrimas Negras. There's so many amazing versions of this song, but we're going to hear Omara Portuondo doing a beautiful version of Miguel Matamoros' Lágrimas Negras. Enjoy.
Now we're going to talk about La Lupe. There's a, two things I want to talk about. First, I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. But there's also another issue that I want to bring up. Lupe Victoria Jolie Raymond was born on December 23rd, 1936 in Santiago de Cuba. And in 1954, she was she sang in a singing contest where she sang her uh, Olga Guillot's Miendeme. We heard from Olga Guillot earlier. And Olga was one of her main inspirations along with Celia Cruz. And because she interpreted the song so well, she won first prize and in 1955 enrolled in the University of Havana to become a school teacher. She really, really admired Celia. And Celia had a similar story. Remember, Celia's father wanted her to be a school teacher. And so she actually went to university and all that. Uh, but of course, music was always the greater calling for her. And really, the world has to, uh, it should be thankful that it was because, I mean, we're talking about two amazing artists, Celia Cruz and La Lupe, who, who might have become school teachers but decided to share their talent musically with the world. So we're so thankful um, for that. She actually it was Celia Cruz's recommendation that she work with Mongo Santa Maria, and that led her to record an album with Mongo. And then in 1965, from 1965 to 1967, she worked with Tito Puente. And then in the late 70s, Fania acquired her contract from Tico, who she'd been recording with all those years, and basically they refused to promote her albums. And this is what the other issue that I want to get into. Fania and other record companies, but I'm focusing on Fania right now, created a sort of competition between Celia Cruz and La Lupe. Now, we listen how odious this was because we're talking about Celia Cruz, the Queen of Salsa, La Guarachera de Cuba. And then we're talking about someone like La Lupe, who undeniably is the queen of Latin soul. And her thing was more boleros and that style. Their styles are completely different. They have completely different voices, completely different performing styles. They're just two completely different people. And Fania really had a, a, a competition, tried to set up a competition between them. And they had this idea in the way that they operated the company 
that there could only be one big main uh, female artist. Now let's just think about that for a minute. Imagine it the other way around. Imagine if there was an orchestra like the Fania All-Stars and it was all women and they said out of all the soneros, you know, the big the big names, we're talking about Cheo Feliciano, Pierre Conde Rodriguez, Santito Colón, Hector Lavoe, and all the others. We can only have one uh, uh, male singer. You see how ridiculous that is now when you put it in that in that context? Well, that's what Fania was doing with these women, where they were they were first of all, you they were they were not working to promote female artists and female talent and they had this idea that they could only have one and the one that they chose to promote was Celia Cruz. Now I do want to say that I'm not going to tolerate any bad mouthing of Celia Cruz because this was not her fault. Again this is Fania's decision. This is what Fania is doing. This was not Celia's fault. However Fania basically made sure that Celia was the only main female artist. And this leads to the ridiculous idea that there's no women in Latin music, especially in salsa. And as we can see through these shows, that's absolutely ridiculous. There are just so, so, so many incredibly talented musicians and singers, composers, female artists that are being highly influential and just immensely talented. But with that, we're going to get to a song from La Lupe. I just love this bolero, Cualquiera. Puede darte las cosas que ambicionas Cualquiera puede amarte si ahora me abandonas Cualquiera que se aprenda tu rostro de memoria Y escriba la leyenda que borre nuestra historia Cualquiera que te pida que dejes de quererme Y que te dé su vida y no vuelvas a verme Cualquiera que se atreva a formar tu pareja Y le parezca nueva tu caricia más vieja Cualquiera que consiga llegar a tus entrañas Aunque tu voz le diga lo mucho que me Cualquiera puede ser, cualquiera puede 
de Guadalupe with Cualquiera. Now we're going to hear from Noraida Hernandez, who is actually Benny More's wife. She was a singer. She had her own band in New York at a certain point. She worked with Tito Puente. So we're going to actually hear a recording that she did with Tito Puente. This is a composition called Besos Brujos. Enjoy. Hernandez singing Besos Brujos. Now we're going to talk about Blanca Rosa Gil, born on August 25th, 
26, 1937 in Matanzas, Cuba. She moved to Venezuela in 1955. However, returned to Cuba in 1962 before later settling in Puerto Rico, where she still lives today. We're going to hear her sing a wonderful, um, a wonderful bolero here, Cielo Entero. Enjoy. As always, it has been such a privilege and such an honor to do this show, to talk about women in Latin music, and to celebrate all of these amazing artists that aren't given nearly enough recognition, and to really dispel the idea that there's no women in Latin music, because as we can see from the last two weeks here, there are just so, so many, and they've made so many contributions. We're talking about influential people and people that didn't get recognition. I know I always say this when I do these shows, but I'm going to say it again. It was not a lack of talent. It was not a lack of women in Latin music. It was a lack of promotion. It was sexism. It was misogyny in the music industry that was constantly making it so much more difficult for women in the industry than it was for men. So I think it's vital to do these shows, to talk about these women, to give them credit because, hey, even if they didn't get credit in their time, even if they weren't recognized for their talent, I think that we have almost a duty to remedy that now. We need to talk about them now. Again, we have now platforms that 
they didn't have in their time. We can now remedy that because now we're looking back on history and we're saying, wow, look at all these people that didn't get recognition. Let's talk about them. Let's uplift them. I'll leave you off here with Celia Cruz and La India, La Voz de Experiencia, a perfect song to end off this show with. And until next time, you can catch me next week with part three of Women in Latin Music. And don't forget to look out for bonus episodes. I've been putting out quite a few bonus episodes about important figures in uh, female figures in Puerto Rican history. So keep an eye out for those. And until next time, until next time, mi gente, con mucho, mucho cariño. Keep dancing. Keep honoring your ancestors. Ciao, mi gente.
dancing. Keep honoring your ancestors con mucho, mucho cariño. Chao, mi gente. If you like that show, please don't hesitate to reach out to me and leave me a voice message on Anchor. There is a link up in the description. You can also reach out on Facebook and Instagram at Voice of the Water Lily or check out my blog, voiceofthelily.water.blog. You can leave me a message on any of those platforms. Um, and please reach out. Let me know what you think of the show. If you have any suggestions, song requests, or anything, please reach out to me. And um, also, if I got something wrong and you want to correct me, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, and uh, until next time, ciao.